Snowtastrophe. Hello and welcome. It is January, I don't know, January 20th, I think. The days have all merged together. This is Melissa uh, bringing you a special episode of the Non Sequitur podcast from Snowtastrophe 2012. We're going with Snowtastrophe for this special edition podcast because, well, Luke told me that it was better than Snowpocalypse or Snowmageddon. So, Snowtastrophe it is. We had our regular winter snowstorm in Olympia this week, and it was a doozy. We often get snowstorms with six or seven inches of snow that shut down the entire city for a day or two, and those of you in other parts of the country are now laughing your heads off at our wimpiness, but remember, we're the evergreen state, not the icicle state, so um, we're not really prepared for snow. We may all drive Subarus, but some of us have two-wheel drive instead of a hall-wheel drive, and, well, the city buses are probably the only vehicles with chains in the entire city, or at least the only people who know how to put them on properly. However, back to the snowstorm. Usually, six or seven inches is quite a snow for us. This week, we have had 18 inches. 18 inches of snow over a two-and-a-half-day period. It's quite a significant snowfall, even by itself. But rather than doing the usual disastrous thing of snowing really hard and then melting almost immediately and flooding the lowlands, the snow has instead frozen including the stuff on the trees. And what did melt, or what rain did fall, also froze. So the trees are coated in ice, which means that the weight of all of that water has caused many trees in the area to shatter into a million pieces, knocking out power lines, blocking roads, and generally causing chaos everywhere. I, as a teacher, have missed four days of school. Luke has missed... Uh, just a day of work so far, although today could be interesting. We don't know if Frito-Lay has power yet. We do not have power. It is currently 50 degrees in my house. My laser thermometer is saying it has recorded a max temperature right next to my feet of 50.5. 50 degrees, people. That's ridiculously cold for inside. Luke's going, yeah, but it's colder outside. And I don't care. It is freaking cold in here. Over 20,000 people in the Thurston County area are without power. 200,000 if you include folks in Pierce, King, and Snohomish counties as well. Crews are working hard to get us all our power back, but it's kind of pointless as snow and branches and other disasters keep falling from the sky, probably knocking out power lines just as fast as they get repaired. We have no prognosis on when we'll get power back. Our best hope today is that businesses are still uh, with power and willing to open their doors to poor souls in need of some fun, that my parents' generator continues to have enough gasoline to function, and that Frito-Lay is, you know, no colder than, I would say, oh, 20 below zero. We will check back with you with more updates from Snowtastrophe 2012, and you're enjoying a special edition of the Non Sequitur podcast. So, Snowtastrophe adventure number, I don't know, 697. Um, we stopped at Macy's on our way across town to buy Luke a new belt. 
because we figured that the mall would still have power. We get two steps in the door and... Power goes out. Momentarily. It's true. Yeah, the power is back on and the people at Macy's have been very kind in not blaming the whole thing on us, but <laughs> it, it was definitely a, a moment of panic in our day. And now we are hoping that the uh, machine will... In fact, work, yay! So we can buy like a belt, his pants will stay up, and that will not be an added disaster in Snowtastrophe 2012. We are now at another Mexican standoff intersection here at Black Lake and Cooper Point. Um, and fascinatingly, people are behaving super well here at the, at the intersection. Unlike back at... Uh, Cooper Point and, and Harrison. Yeah, that was like, disaster. This massive, massive intersection with probably tens of thousands of cars that drives through it every day. People are absolutely following traffic patterns one car at a time. It's really quite brilliant and beautiful. Um, oh my gosh, the Great Harvest Bread Company is open and they have amazingly wonderful foods. All right, so I need to rant for a second. So Luke's going to rant and then I'm going to eat. Everybody knows that the Barnes & Noble parking lot is the worst one in Thurston County by a long shot. But they've managed to make it worse by snow plowing all of the excess snow into most of the spots. So we went from having a terrible parking lot with no spots to having really a terrible parking lot with no spots. Negative spots? We have negative spots. There's actually more cars than there are spots at this point. Well, we're going to try and accomplish some more errands and we'll check back in with you. Oh my gosh. Tell them where we are. Uh, so we are in the parking lot of the Olympia uh, Barnes & Noble complex here near Petco. And the large awning shared by Petco Grooming and Van Dorn Realty is down. I mean, steel or aluminum or whatever it is they use to support these awnings ripped off the braces. Um, snow everywhere, big truck with flashing lights. It is... Disaster number 419 of Snowtastrophe 2012. Um, so any any other thoughts regarding our morning adventures? Uh, I was just going to say that I would like there to be internet at our house. We were talking about this last night, but I think I'd rather have working internet than working heater. That is all. After the horrible night's sleep I just had, I totally disagree, but um, I understand the sentiment. Because it's, it's one of those, like, it gets dark, and... Yeah, good lord. At some point, boredom <laughs> sets in, and even with books and flashlights and stuff, like, it just... You, you begin to feel kind of the oppression of being isolated. And we're always mocking your students for having, like, short attention spans and, and a need to constantly be stimulated. Can you imagine what they're going through right now without their Facebooks and all their other nonsense? Well, I mean, the fact that nobody has access to Skyrim right now is probably the worst part of Snowtastrophe 2012. Um, I mean, the, the whole of Skyrim right now is suffering because all of these great warriors are nowhere to be found. The dragons have taken over completely. There's no one to fend them off. I know. All the Sky the people of Skyrim are like, what's a little snow? We live in the northern territories. It's always snowing here. Can you imagine if it was an MMO that actually had some kind of dynamic dragon population? And without all the people online, like, killing them, it just, like, overruns everything and burns the whole city to the ground. Oh, my gosh. World of Warcraft. I mean, if that was still, like, the big thing for people to do, it would be a disaster because there would be whole clans just, like, isolated right now.
So I'm pretty sure Luke has arranged for my parents' neighbor's car to get stuck in their driveway so he can force me to drive 50 feet in these conditions. These aren't conditions. The, uh, okay. Monday might not have been conditions, but today is conditions. I'm just saying. No. Then I am using my emergency card. This is emergency conditions. Yes, emergency conditions. Ha. So we have made it to the Williams family residence where there is a generator and therefore heat and the ability to cook, which is making my life a whole lot better. But we have Amy, a regular podcast contributor. Amy, thoughts on Snowtastrophe 2012? The ice has started falling off of things and the trees keep blowing up. Yes. Uh, Care to elaborate? The ice is falling off of the power lines, which is probably a good thing. Um, meaning that there's no more ice building on them. But we've had four trees break substantially, which is sad. It is quite sad. But more importantly is the, the question of what, like, what will happen with all these trees because the, the hawthorn out back is probably done for. The, the hawthorn is done for. It The whole top of it has come off. It is no longer taller than the house in any way. And... Um, it will be taken down. We can't actually get to the big door of the garage because of the hawthorn tree anymore. We have to go around through the little door of the garage to get to the generator now. And the filber tree in the back, which is actually the neighbor's tree that fell onto the greenhouse, is probably going to have to completely come down. It sounds like the trunk cracked as opposed to big limbs just falling. It's unclear what will happen to the birch tree. It's lost significant limbs as well as its top and could survive depending on whether or not infection sets in. Um, And then the locust was in rough shape to begin with. It had a hard summer, so we'll have to see how it bears up after losing some pretty big limbs. Yeah, they trimmed off a couple of parts of the birch tree to keep it from pulling down the phone line because that could make life fascinating. But other than that, we haven't had to do much trimming, just staying warm. It is certainly not the weather for tree trimming. It is the weather for digging your neighbors out and doing the absolute minimum uh, of outdoor work. Luke's going to be soaked by the time he gets back inside, but hopefully he'll have some fun and entertaining stories for us. So we are now joined by Mama Williams, um, as Kelly likes to call my mom, um, on the, for her very first appearance on the Non Sequitur podcast. Very exciting for all of us. Um, so, Mom, what is uh, your best story so far from Snowtastrophe 2012? Probably discovering that the uh, tree next door had collapsed on the greenhouse. Yeah. So many years ago, my parents entered a contest for a free greenhouse, never imagining they would win, and then did. And so we've had a greenhouse in the backyard for a number of years, and it uh, seems to have been not crushed. That's kind of the weird part, yeah? Not crushed. Yeah, and the, the, the huge hazelnut tree behind it collapsed in its general direction, but I guess it collapsed high enough that it's... Actually, the, the part of the tree that collapsed is V-shaped, and one leg of the V went on each side of the ridge of the greenhouse... So it hit the greenhouse at its strongest points and doesn't seem to have broken anything. That is really quite an impressive story. There is, and you, uh, listeners to the podcast will have already heard Amy and me talking about the tree carnage uh, in the yard here. So uh, to know that we've had the kind of tree carnage we've had and not have it destroy really anything meaningful in the yard much is quite impressive. Well, the other part is 
the fact that Curtis and I got the um, path to the generator cleared out in front of the garage door before the tree next to the driveway completely exploded and blocked our path to that. Yeah, it's it's been quite an eventful... I mean, how, have any of these explosion trees happened at night and woken you up, or have they all been pretty much daytime events? Well, part of the the Hawthorne tree exploding happened at night, but it didn't wake us up. (laughs) I think by then we were just so tired we didn't care anymore. (laughs) Just an unpleasant surprise. Yeah. Well, uh, tree explosions are a major part of Snowtastrophe 2012. Uh, This is probably the last you're going to hear from me for a little while. I'm sending the... uh, Sending the recorder with Luke to work where he's going to interview Frito-Lay employees and perhaps any other passersby that he might decide to accost. So uh, check back in with you maybe near the, the end of Snowtastrophe 2012. So this will be a, a week-long podcast and I will <laughs> sometime in February when this gets posted, you can hear about all of our adventures. Talk to you later. I'm with Val now. We are standing out on the dock at Frito-Lay. It is miserably cold. It is miserably wet. We are picking in the dark. We're breaking all sorts of Frito regulations here. Uh, so I've been posing this question to people about what's more important, having electricity without heat or heat without electricity. Which one do you think you'd rather have? Um, I'm going to go with heat. Heat? Heat. Why is heat so important to you? Because it keeps me warm. Don't you have other people to help you keep warm? Not like that. <laughs> Fair enough. You could always have uh, just blankets. Is that enough? Not for me, no. All right. What if you had to have electricity without internet or internet without electricity? Don't care about the internet. I'm good. What about TV? Um, I don't know. That's a hard one. I like TV <laughs> enough a lot. So if you could have TV and a heater, but nothing else, would you take that? I'm good. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Val. All right. Here, I'm at Frito-Lay. We're standing in the dark. I'm standing with Lance Kinney. Okay. So if you had to choose having heat, but no electricity or electricity, but no heat, which would you choose? Um, I'd probably take the heat. I really don't. I'm not a very uh, codependent person on electricity, but... I do prefer to be warm instead of cold, so my answer would be heat, hands down. All right, Mike, heat without electricity or electricity without heat? Heat without electricity, hands down. You guys are both weird. Okay, heat without electricity or internet without electricity? I would still take the heat. I mean, heat. Okay, uh, TV without electricity or internet without electricity? Um, I would probably take TV. I mean, I grew up before the internet was even really a big thing, so I'd definitely take the TV. I'm an internet whore. <laughs> I think I'll also take the internet. I think I'd take internet over heat and TV and electricity. Uh, no, heat always wins. Why does heat always win? You guys can just, like, cuddle up with a blanket, right? like food and water, man. Well, what do you mean? You can go buy food and water from a store or a restaurant. This is true. That's what I've been doing, actually. Depending on how cold it is, no blankets going to really matter. How cold is your house right now? Well, you have heat. Lance, how, how cold is your house right now? 64. How? We have a gas fireplace. Ah! <laughs> Winning. <laughs> yeah, our house is about 50 degrees right now, and uh, there is no such heat in there at all. All right. Mike, how many work hours did you work this week? 41. How many of them were in dangerous working conditions? 20. That's about right. Lance, how about you? Is, is more than 50% of your week during dangerous working conditions? Absolutely. <laughs> so what are we going to do about this? I'm going to put it in my babysitting report. <laughs> I don't th- oh, uh, that's not a- man, I'm down for that. It's a babysitting report. I think we should find a way to convince Bob that we should get overtime for all the hazard hours. Frito-Lay's policy stands as this. We have to pick in the dark to supply the customers. However, the rule states that if we get injured, we shouldn't have been doing that to begin with. So we're just fired without cause? Yes. Awesome. It's a good job. We're working in a hazardous environment, but the company makes sure that if we hurt ourselves, 
We're doing it against company policy. Yeah, I'm curious how this is going down in federal way right now where the big boss works. Like he seemingly is okay with it as far as I can tell. They're using a generator just like we are. But their warehouse is like six times the size. Yes. I can't wait to hear how this all goes down when, it, when it's finally back up. You know, inventory to accuracy to... I'm really curious what the case count was today. I have no idea. It probably was 2,000? Over that. 25? Yeah. About 25, yeah. Yeah, which is huge for Friday. Uh, I'm really curious to see what's going to go down Saturday and Sunday uh, in terms of sell-off with all the the stores that still don't have power and the people that still don't have power and rollers. Uh, I, I'm really curious. I think we made a lot of mistakes today that we didn't catch. So. And let me know how inventory works out for you. Yeah, shut up. I have to do inventory on Sunday by myself. All right. Catch you guys later. So, Melissa, we're sitting back in our living room now with electricity and most importantly, I guess for you, heat. Yay! Was it really that bad? It was really cold. So we only lost power for about 30 hours. And for most of that, we were either sleeping or at your parents' house. So you didn't actually have to endure that much cold, did you? But I, that that first night when it when we didn't have power all night long and we were trying to sleep, I, I slept terribly between the the cold temperature in the room forcing me to, you know, huddle to keep myself under the blankets and the probably the sound from the trees uh, waking me up regularly. So my my biggest crisis from this week actually had nothing to do with the snow or the ice or the power outage. Uh, I discovered that I now have no places in Thurston County to buy tasty drinks for myself. Uh, a while back, borders closed, and with it went Seattle's best coffee. I lost my ability to buy Java Coolas. And then we learned yesterday or the day before that Certino's is no longer in business, and I not, cannot go buy my white chocolate raspberry truffle shake thing. That was a sad, sad discovery. So what am I supposed to do now? I don't know. We'll have to look for another kind of quirky coffee shop, see if they have anything that they'd be willing to make for you with or without coffee. So anybody out there listening to this, if you know of a place in Thurston County that sells fancy mocha milkshakes, I don't even know what you'd call it. But it's a blended coffee drink. He, The one you liked from Seattle's Best was mostly chocolate. The one you liked from Certino's was white chocolate and raspberry. Well, I mean, but blended can also mean like liquidy, right? I mean, these were like thick, no, almost... Bl- blended, it blended's the word you want. Blended, okay, so blended... Because iced is coffee drink with chunks of ice. Okay. Think of it as like the difference between, you know, shaken, not stirred. You, you want your drink shaken. All right. So I want a shaken coffee, cookie, chocolate drink in Thurston County. I think Cutter's Point is a good place for us to start looking. But um, coffee aficionados, you should know that Luke does not love the flavor of coffee, but he does like the caffeine kick. So if it's a blended drink that mostly masks the flavor of coffee and tastes awesome, you should send us recommendations. And it's not even the caffeine. I think for me, it's the smell of coffee. I like the smell of coffee more than the taste or the effects. I don't know what it is about the smell. It's great. Fair enough. enough. So now that it's all over, are you glad that it's over? Is it really over? Our power has flickered even today. Yes, but now that it's over, you have to go back to school. That is true, which presents its own challenges. Having now missed an entire week trying to figure out how to reshuffle the schedule to get everything done I need to get done before the end of the semester. Kind of intense. So would you rather have a week with electricity but no heat or a week of school? A week of school? All right. I think I'd rather just sit home by myself in a, in a house full of cold and be entertained. It was 50, five zero degrees inside our house yesterday morning. That's at least 10 to 15 hotter than my work. I, oh, yes, but 
for a house where you can't even cook anything to, you know, get that warm feeling of drinking something hot or eating something hot, that's pretty terrible. Fair enough. So hopefully this will be all of the snow, ice, and power outage we get for the entirety of 2012. Hopefully there won't be any winter storms to be concerned about. And we can just pretend that this is the only thing that will ever happen. So from the tail end of Snowtastrophe 2012, this is Melissa and Luke. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye.